This episode is brought to you by Teach Handy. Introducing the Ragsy Show's go-to skincare system, the Teach Handy Skincare System. A simple and effective regimen designed to deliver daily confidence without breaking the bank. As we all know, skincare is not just for women. That's why Teach Handy has developed an affordable, straightforward skincare system that uniquely targets, protects, and enhances men's distinguished features. Their simple all-in-one system helps to reduce oily skin, calm inflammation, and minimize the signs of aging with a hassle-free all-in-one system that sends straight to your door each month. They have no unnecessary markups and their effective cutting-edge formula are proven to enhance skin from the inside out. So what are you waiting for? You can go to www.teach.com and get your 30% off your first box plus a free gift now. Remember to key in coupon code 30 P-E-R-C-E-N-T to get 30% off at checkout. Alright, so let's start to win the skincare game and maximize your confidence with Teach Handy. As we all know, direct-to-consumer marketing offers startups a unique opportunity to engage directly with shoppers and learn who is actually purchasing their products and what they like and don't like at a more granular level than is feasible in brick and mortar. But driving initial discovery online can be a major challenge. Quick question. What is the key to building a successful subscription business? It's probably the biggest question on your mind if you're starting one of your own or even you have been running one for some time. Therefore, we've invited this amazing entrepreneur to answer these questions for you. Hi, my name is Rayson Chu and I'm your host for The Regacy Show. And in this episode, we've invited this amazing person and that is none other than Kelly Taunton. Hi, Ray. Kelly, hi, nice to meet you. And and one thing is, Kelly is actually the founder and CEO of this amazing brand called Teach Henley, where you get to see Alpha M always, always, always promote this brand and say, hey, you guys want to have this spicy senorita? You got to make sure that your face is well, well washed and all this other stuff. And you know, T. Chanley is actually a high-quality, affordable, and simplified men's skincare brand. And Kelly has built a successful men's skincare company in four short years. And one thing to note is that T. Chanley has shifted that sales balance with a direct-to-consumer e-commerce approach, reaching profitability into its inception in 2016. And Kelly is the catalyst behind the brand that's changing the face of men's skin health. With 20 plus years of experience in consumer goods, he is a veteran of creating new and innovative ways to connect consumer packaged goods to customers, boasting annual sales in the multi-millions. And not just that, I saw that two, within two years, he hit the billion record in a sense. So, well,
Hey, hello, Kelly. I'm nice here. To see you here. Thank yes. you very much for those kind words. I mean, that's amazing. I, my, I think my ego just got a little bit bigger hearing you talk about me. <laughs> that's so kind of you. Thank you so much. Oh, you're most welcome. You're most welcome. It's really an honor to have you here, man. How, how have you been? Great, great. I'm living my best life. You know, I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying what I do every day. Uh, we have a great mission at Teach Hanley. We're trying to help as many men look and feel amazing you know, about themselves and, and live their best lives. You know, my philosophy is if you, you need to take care of yourself as an individual, you need to feel good about yourself. You need to, and, and, and the ways you feel good about yourself is, you know, uh, your attitude and how you, when you get up for the day, how you prepare for the day, uh, what, what you wear and your, your level of confidence. And, um, these are critical things and we should all uh, men and women, we should all uh, support this, this mission for, for, for men. And the reason why is because uh, we want to have uh, healthy uh, brothers and healthy husbands and he healthy boyfriends uh, and healthy right. sons. And we can't do that unless we feel good about ourselves individually racing. And so, you know, we are part, a small part of trying to help all men look and feel amazing around the world. And we've been fortunate to help a lot of guys. Right. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I was really amazed um, to actually see that the, the Nitsa from guest CEO to, to recommend me to, uh, to recommend you to my podcast and, and, you know, um, all thanks to guest CEO and Eric Allen as well for this kind introduction. Shout out to you guys. You guys are really amazing and I'm really grateful for this introduction that, you know, we're going to have a lot, a ton of value in this episode as well from Kelly. And uh, yeah, you're based in um, US, right? In, in like... California or we're actually in Chicago and Chicago. Um, you know for for all your international listeners out there um, you know US is so massive um, it's right. kind of hard to understand um, the difference between you know East Coast West Coast Central we're considered central of the uh, part of the country in Chicago um, it's a really neat atmosphere in Chicago first off we have a beautiful uh, lake um, Lake Michigan, uh, one of the um, uh, multiple lakes that are here in the Midwest, and it's it's stunningly beautiful. Uh, you know, it's 50 miles across and over 100 miles long. So we're talking about a massive body of water. But what's great about Chicago is we have a very Midwestern mentality. So, you know, the East Coast, which I am actually born and raised, a little bit of a hard, harder charging. Everybody knows New York, you know, New York mm -hmm. attitude. Um, and the West Coast, uh, California is a, a little bit more of the surfer, uh, you know, beach lifestyle kind of chill attitude. Here in the Midwest, we're friendly and uh, we, we, you know, it's a great place to do business. And, you know, there's historically, you know, this is a very uh, farming area, business growth area. And, and Chicago is the capital of the Midwest. So we're, we're really happy to be here in the Midwest. We have great people that work here for our company and very passionate about what we're doing. Oh, nice. Yeah, I would love to go to Chicago one of these days. I would love to visit you guys and actually uh, uh, go to your office and, and meet you up. Yeah. Or, you know, can go to 
uh, coffee house to to drink some coffee and have a good chat as well. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Well, you know, um, first and foremost, welcome to the podcast, and it's really an honor to speak with you today. Uh, I would like to know more about your story and your background. So, yeah, Kelly, can you share with the audience a little bit more about who you are and what yeah. you do? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I am an entrepreneur. Um, I, I was fortunate. I, I spent 19 years in corporate America, corporate uh, working for a, big, a global corporation. Uh, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always been a pretty driven um, individual. You know, uh, I, I think like and, and anybody that's listening, your audience, they if they are like that, they know they know what I'm talking about. I'm sure you're. You're that way, Ryson, um, you know, and that means, you know, you, you, you have a burning passion to make a difference um, whether or not that's difference in helping other people or yourself or your family. Uh, you really just have a burning desire. I have a burning desire for success. I'm very, very motivated every day to get out of bed. Um, I'm very motivated every day to kick ass. Um, you know, and um, I have we have, you know, a sign in the office wall. It says we're not here to be average. We're here to kick ass. And, you know, that's kind of the mentality. Uh, I, I think like for me, there's three things if it, for, for your audience to think about. These are the three things I think about. Uh, I think about hard work. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's especially today with, you know, the younger generation, you know, nothing is for free. Nothing is handed to you. You know, it, it just takes hard work. And there's not one person that we can point to in, in the global society um, that, that achieved anything great that didn't work hard for it. And secondly, I believe in honesty. I believe that honesty is critically important to anything you do, either in right. business or your personal life. And um, and actually, thirdly, I believe in creativity. I believe creativity is uh is really the root of capitalism. And, um, and so I, I really, really, really like creativity. And I really like it in terms of solving problems. And that's what, uh, that's what entrepreneurs do very well is they solve problems and it, you have to be creative. So that's, it's kind of, you know, my, my, my background, I grew up, like I said, in the East Coast in Maryland, I was in New York, I went to school in Connecticut, and I've been in Chicago for 30 years. And I've been very fortunate in everything I've done. Nice. Well, okay. Well, it's it's definitely a lot of hard work, a lot of creativity that you have to put in in your business and not just in your business, but subscription model as well as your product. And that's why Teach and Lee has grown, grown so big and so massive. And, and the last, I would say, five six years as well massive right yeah. massive massive and well it's 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 awesome it's awesome to hear that and before we dive into the main focus of our interview our listeners would love to get to know you a bit better sure so can you tell us a bit about your backstory on how did you chance upon creating teach henley and becoming an entrepreneur because the last 19 years or so you have 
been in corporate America, right? right. And right. then after that, what made you actually want to become yeah. an entrepreneur in a sense? Yeah, you know, when I was driving to work the first week of my first job, and this was in New York, um, mm -hmm. and, and, and I was fortunate to get a job at the same company that my father, my father didn't own the business. He worked at the business. I interviewed there and I got a separate job and I was driving to work with my father. And I said to him, you know, I don't know if this is right for me. Um, it was a large company. It was independently owned by a Frenchman actually. And I said, I'm, I'm not sure if this is right for me. I really want to have my own business. I had had a painting business where I painted houses that helped me pay for my college. And um, he, he said to me, look, just get a lot of experience and, you know, and, 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 and get some money and learn about how business is done. And then you can start your own business. And he had spent his whole career in, in corporate. So, of course, that made sense to him. Um, I didn't think I would be in the corporate job for, for 19 years, but I was. And um, there's a lot of very positive things about that. Uh, in terms of an entrepreneur's journey, there's also a little bit of negative things about that. I think I spent too much time there because, you know, as you get older, it's more difficult to be an entrepreneur because entrepreneur by nature is equivalent to risk. And you, you right. have to be able to accept risk in your life. So when you get older, it's harder to take risk. And the reason why it's harder is because you have more responsibility. When you have responsibility for a wife or a girlfriend or a dog or other family obligations, it's very difficult. Financial obligations, very difficult to take risk. So I spent 19 years in corporate. The positive there, really good business foundation in terms of operations and process and marketing, really, really good. From there, I went and I started a global design agency called Purchase Point. Uh, I was in the shopper marketing space and Purchase Point was a shopper marketing company. Um, and we had global clients, global CPG, consumer product good companies that are doing business in, in places like Singapore. I had a physical office for 10 years in Taipei uh, on Guangzhou East Road in Fujing, uh, near Sogo in uh, Taipei City. Uh, I had a team there of 25, 30 designers, and I really spent a lot of time understanding the Asian market. We did business for companies like Wrigley and Mars and Unilever in Asia as well, and all over the world Whoa. in London. And I really understand how men, through my experiences, particularly with Unilever, how men are thinking about shopping and thinking about taking care of their skincare. And specifically in Asia, um, and this is directly from my experience, uh, spending time in, in, uh, uh, in, in, in China, uh, Hong Kong, uh, Taiwan, um, and there is a massive understanding for the importance of taking care of your skin there and especially thailand if you've been in thailand uh of course korea south korea you know these right. are these are places where they're cutting edge technology in terms of chemistry in terms of beauty products cutting edge technology so i spent a lot of time there and i realized a lot of people uh 
in the in the east uh, in the west excuse me we in america in particular we're behind in understanding culturally the importance of these things so that right. led me to that combined with the with my desire to want to help men look and feel amazing that led me to going online with a skincare model okay wow okay nice i mean like uh it's it's something that you must have actually been inspired by you know unilever and then after that you realize that oh my god so many men are having skincare issues right Correct. yeah okay yeah cool. when I, I put it this way Rayson, when i would be in bangkok doing um shopper marketing for unilever and mm -hmm. i would go into 7-eleven which anybody that's been in asia knows like these stores are on every corner and mm -hmm. i would go into these stores here in america you know there might be one shelf maybe four feet long with men's products in that type of store and you go into right. you, you you go into um you know places in asia and there is like you know five feet wide by five shelves of men's products and i was looking at this saying hey what do these guys know that we don't know, you know, and I'm saying this, this concept is coming heavy to America and into, you know, into Western Europe and into America. And that's exactly what's happened over the last, you know, seven years I've been involved in this. Men are really thinking about how important it is to take care of themselves. Yeah, right. And, you know, to, to sidetrack a little, because sure. you, we talk a, a, a lot about skincare as well. Yeah. I'm pretty sure men who are tuning in right now, they will, they are actually curious about this. And that is, I would like to ask you, like, what are today's top skincare mistakes men make? Because well, <laughs> we were talking a lot about, you know, how how men were were having, you know, so many issues and you realize that, hey, this is the problem that you're going to solve for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the biggest mistake is not doing anything, right? That's the biggest mistake <laughs> in anybody's life, right, is not taking action. Um, right. right. You talk about the spicy senoritas, you know, not taking action is the biggest problem. I mean, like men's most important issue, especially, you know, no matter where you are in your skincare journey, uh, we have people that are very sophisticated and we have people that are just starting is just make yeah. sure you're washing your face every day with mm -hmm. a super high quality product. Hopefully it's our product, T. Shanley, but there's great products. Uh, I, I think we have some of the best products in the market, but, you know, I, I wouldn't. I personally don't think some of the, you know, some of the smaller mass market brands are, are very good quality. But for instance, Kiehl's makes a great quality face wash. So get started by washing oh, no. your face every day. You know, use T. Shanley, yeah. use a high quality uh, face wash and follow up with a moisturizer. So just get started. Habits, healthy habits, race and healthy habits. Right. Right. And like what uh, Jeef was tuning in right now, he said, you know, people like to just wash water on the face yeah, or probably a bar soap or even a cold pack even. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. But we don't think about it. You know, sometimes you're just in a place where there's some hand soap and, you know, you're washing your hands with hand soap and then you wash your face. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's really bad for, for, for you know, for, for your skin. So. Um, right. you know, so it's, it's not hard guys. You know, I don't know why, uh, you know, men, we, 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 we make it much more difficult on ourselves than it needs to be. 
you know, you brush your teeth every morning, you get up, you need to wash your face, you need to put a moisturizer on. You get that, you get, you get, you get that accomplished. Same thing at night. You're going to brush your teeth at night. You're going to wash your face. You're going to put a high quality moisturizer on before you go to bed. It's not that hard, guys. We can do it. We can do it. Yes, we can do it. Man Absolutely. can do it. Come That's on. That's right, man. Yes. Yes. And, and, and Jeev was asking, what about guys with beards? Uh, how, what, what kind of a skincare routine should they, should they have? Is it the same as what you mentioned earlier? Yeah, you know, I, I, I only have like, I, I usually keep about seven uh, days worth of, of light beard. Uh, I, uh -huh. I shaved this weekend, but um, personally, I don't think I don't think it's an issue at all. Like, I think if you have a very light beard, you can just go right over top of it with all of your skincare. Um, if your right. beard is heavier and thicker, um, you know, I, I personally don't think it's much like our face. I I don't think it's much of a problem to use like your face wash into your beard. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I don't think it's a problem at all. Obviously, your moisturizer it's probably better, you know, to keep your moisturizer above your beard line. Aaron Marino, who you mentioned is a partner of mine, he does use his AM into his beard um, to condition it. And I, I think that's okay as well. We don't necessarily recommend, you know, putting moisturize our moisturizers on your beard, but um, most guys do that. Mm, okay, cool, cool. Well, thanks, thanks for this uh, short tip on how we can care for our skin especially for men regardless yeah. whether you're asian or eurasian or european yep. or american yep. just use this right africans as well absolutely yeah, yeah i mean we okay. have we we are our, our um you know our products are formulated for all skin types and um mm -hmm. we want to control the the you know the, the ph balance the cerebrum which is the the oil in your skin which is naturally producing men have more cerebrum in their skin than women and you know controlling ph and the amount of oil in your skin by washing what's super high quality face wash it doesn't matter where what what your skin tone is like you'll have a you'll see massive advantage awesome awesome okay cool well so guys you guys have it and teach Henley is the thing for you guys you guys can go to teach Henley the uh, and the website and go and look for the best you know facial wash and moisturizer and all and and get get them today all right and uh, you know kelly while we were actually talking about your journey earlier i'm pretty sure you know throughout your years of experience in building this teach handy right i just want to ask do you have a favorite failure of yours and how has that failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? Yeah. Well, you know, Rayson, I'm very intrigued by your question because I think failure is the most important part of an entrepreneur's journey. Um, right. You know, I think, uh, um, you, you know, in general, it's failure is what makes you better. And where we fail, uh, we fail frequently. Um, and the reason why we fail frequently is because as an entrepreneur, we're, we're willing to take a little bit more risk, as I described before. Um, right. So I always tell my team that performance over perfection, you know, performance over perfection. We, we, we can't expect uh, in today's um, e-commerce world and in today's direct-to-consumer world we cannot expect to 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 get things right 
and and we and to work very 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 hard to get things perfect would take weeks and weeks and weeks and months and we could test that idea and it could be completely uh it could be no good at all so what we want to do is we want to make decisions on we want to make the best decisions we can on less input so you know in in the corporate world they want to make they, they they say something like this um you know make decisions based on having 80 percent of the knowledge uh you know and and we you know something in that nature and, and unilever used to even push that and say you know make it on 70 percent like have 70 percent of the data um you know i i like to say like let's have 60 percent of the data uh, so we, 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 make a decision and we, and we get, because we want to get to market quickly with that concept and we want to be accepting of failure. So actually if we try something and we fail, that's actually a positive thing for us because then we can, uh, hypothesize, create a hypothesis about what went wrong, what went right. And then we can test it again quickly, uh, like within days or weeks. Um, and so when I, I can't point to, I can give you one or two larger examples, but generally speaking, uh, we want to fail all the time. We, we want to fail in our processes because failure leads to uh, trying new things, which leads to success. So we are testing every single day. Every single person at the company is, is testing things based on 60% of knowledge and they're failing and they're redoing, recreating that test and reiterating and we, and then we get winners. Mm, okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Nice. Well, so use 60% of knowledge and then test it out and test it out and keep, uh, if you fail, you keep trying again and again. Is that what Correct. hundred percent. Okay. 100 percent. Okay. everything we do we, we're testing um the faster we can get a concept to market the better it is because we we could spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars trying to perfect something getting doing right. research and all of this stuff so even in some of our bigger initiatives like our product development roadmap we'd rather get a product a little quicker to market and and test it with uh, our customers to see how viable the product is. And because we just to, to, to get for me to get a product in the market, it's going to cost me about 100,000 USD. Um, by the time I'm doing R&D on it, the cost of my lab, cost of my team, all the testing, packaging, doing a pilot, and then gearing up for production it's going to cost me a hundred thousand dollars so you know in that example i want to i want to get to understand failure fast i want to try to understand do i have the right product do i have the right formula i want to test it as soon as possible in a pilot i want to have my manufacturing make a small run i want to get it to the to my customers and see what they think and if i have got a good product i can limit my downside risk cap capital risk by trying to get it to, to more quickly to the market and test and see if I'm good or bad. Mm, okay, got it, got it. And and Kelly, just want to ask you, right? You know, 
I'm pretty sure while you're building your business up, you must have looked upon or even asked or met many, many entrepreneurs who became your mentor in a sense, yes. right? Yeah. So I would like to ask you, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received from your mentors? You, okay, so guess what? I received it. I'm going to tell you quickly. I didn't like it at all. I sat down oh. with one of my business advisors. And when I say I don't like it, I didn't feel good. I sat down with one okay. of my business advisors. And this was for my second company, Purchase Point. And I told him my business plan. And he and we, we went to lunch. And I, I wanted I have unbelievable respect for this man. So I took him to a very nice restaurant for lunch. And I told him my whole business idea. And by the way, this man is uber successful. You know, he's very, very, very successful career, both in the number of companies and his financial success and his family success. Very a man I, I respect a lot. At the end of the at the end of the uh, lunch, we were standing out in front on the street and the sidewalk. And I said, what do you think? And I was very excited to hear his feedback. And he said, well, I don't know so much about the business idea. I'm not I'm not I don't really know too much about that specific space that you're working in. But it sounds pretty good. And here's his advice. It's all about the execution. All about the execution. It's not about the idea. It's about the execution. And I didn't feel very good about that because I thought I had the greatest idea in the world. And I wanted him to say, that's a great idea. It's brilliant. You got to do it. Um, he didn't say that at all. He, he was like, yeah, it's an idea. It sounds good. I don't know too much about it. Sounds good. But can you execute? And um, so that is the best piece of advice is it's all about execution. Um, you know, somebody's going to have an idea similar to yours. Somebody is already going to be doing something that you're doing. Somebody right. will do something similar later that you're doing. So no idea is perfectly original. It's how well you execute it. Well said. Well said. I totally agree with you on that, man. It's not about the idea itself, but it's how well you're going to execute on that idea. Wow. Nice. Love it. Love it. And and don't mind me asking, is it okay if you share with us the name of this mentor? You know, I, I unfortunately I'd 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 rather not. I would love to. I would love to. Okay. Um, but um you know, and, and it's not uh, and and out of respect, I, I just um I, I'd rather not. Man owns uh shares in many, many businesses and I, I know um you know I'm very fortunate to have him on my team. Um so Anyway, okay. Um, okay. I think Aaron Marino, by the way, Aaron Marino, my business partner, as you mentioned, and T. Shanley, he has a new business pod called Alpha Empire. And um, yes, I've been and, watching and, it. You know, he's a bright, he's a brilliant businessman. Uh, he's a very brilliant businessman. You know, when I talk about honesty, hard work, um, creativity, um, you know, Aaron really excels on all those. He works super hard. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the few people I met, you know, in my space that work as hard as I do. You know, he's incredibly honest and he's very, very, very creative. So, um, you know, he's a great person to learn from and he's had phenomenal success. And I have a 
great deal of respect for him for everything he's accomplished. So I'd yeah. go to Alpha Empire and check that out. That's a pretty good show. Okay. Well, uh, you guys should actually check out Alpha M, the YouTube channel, and sure. Alpha Empire, which is the latest uh, YouTube channel that he has just created, like I think one, two months ago. Yeah. And it was really rocking because it's a lot of, a ton of value in terms of entrepreneurship in yeah. terms of the his journey his his tips and advices on how to build your own empire how to build your own business how to start from scratch and all this other stuff yeah yep. you guys should go to that and i hope one day you know i can get to interview him on the ragacy show as well yeah and, well yeah you know, keep on working hard i'll talk to him put a good plug in for you but um he's a busy <laughs> busy he's a busy busy guy but it's it's yes. a great place for business uh to learn about business yeah, totally, totally. And, and you know, uh, I'm pretty sure while you first started out in in your business-wise, in your entrepreneurship journey, I'm pretty sure you would be reading some books or oh, listening yeah. to some audio tapes and all. So can you tell us, like, what are one or three books that have greatly influenced your life? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've read so many books over, over the years. I, I tend to read you know, business-ish, business-related books. I don't, I don't read a lot of like, you know, mystery novels or anything like that. <laughs> um, you know, I've recently, uh, I've recently read um, Cultural Culture Code uh, by Daniel Coyle. Culture Code is very interesting. And I think it's very, maybe it's just because I'm paying more attention to it, but I think it's a very hot topic in business right now is making sure you have the right culture uh, within your organization. Culture starts from the top and you can smell it. You can feel it in companies that you that you engage with. What their culture is like is directly related to, to the leadership of the company. So I like Culture Code a lot. I would highly recommend that by Daniel Coyle. Um, I'm reading about habits right now. There's a book called Atomic Habits. And that oh. book, that book is pretty popular. Uh, so I yeah. think um, James Clear wrote that. James Clear, yes. And I, I like that a lot, you know. And that that makes a lot of sense to me because we are trying to get into healthy habits for men. Um, so I think like that that concept of atomic habits is really interesting. But there's many many books. I like like Arnold Schwarzenegger's like uh, you know was it Total oh. Recall? I think. Um, you know, I, so there's there's so many good books out there. You know, in general, I like his story a lot. I mean, he's he had some problems later. You know, with his marriage and stuff, which isn't that good. But you know, we're all human. Um, so, yeah, I think um, th those are three great books. Um, I read "Think Like an Astronaut" by uh, Pavel recently that I liked a lot. Oh, nice. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll, we'll definitely check those out. And you guys should actually check out those books as well. Atomic Habits. Yeah, um, great. Yes, Culture it's Code. It's a really great book. Culture Code and also phenomenal. Arnold Schwarzenegger's, you yeah. know, his uh, totally biography. Yes, yeah, phenomenal. Totally yeah. And by the yeah. way, by the way, if you want a book that has nothing to do about business, um, there, this is crazy. The book Life, L-I-F-E by Keith Richards. Keith Richards is the Rolling Stones, you know, probably the, the most famous rock band in the world, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the Rolling Stones. But I 
um, the book Keith Richards uh, wrote about his biography, um, you know, just absolutely stunning biography. Um, the first half of the book, he talks all about his passion for learning music and, and his relationship um, with Mick Jagger uh, of the mm. Rolling Stones. And it's half of the book is just about his passion for music, hard work, you know, creativity um, right. and, and his story and how he met Keith Richards. Basically, they knew each other not well, but they, they knew of each other in school. But it was it was conversation they struck up in the tube uh, in London when they were waiting to go to school together to, to different places. And they they saw uh, Keith Richards saw an album, uh, you know, vinyl, original vinyl album that Mick Jagger was holding and he started talking to him about that, that music. And it was that relationship that built into the Rolling Stones. And that's the type of thing that happened with Aaron and I, you know, I talked, called Aaron and talked to him about business, talked to him about men's skincare and, you know, our, our friendship and relationship and our business grew out of that. So the book about uh, Keith Richards, and, and then of course he's a crazy guy, you know, always partying and this and that, but he's still, yeah, um, you know, was able to be uh, stay in the band. It's really interesting. Uh, a lot of issues with drugs and sex and rock and roll and all that stuff too makes the book interesting. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, we'll definitely check that out as well. Uh, sounds really interesting. Sounds a very uh, sophisticated and interesting lifestyle that many men would want to have <laughs> when they are young. When they're yeah, younger, absolutely. In a sense. And, you know, Kelly, now to the main focus of our sure. interview, I would like to ask you, right, for all of us, and especially the listeners who are tuning in right now, how can we actually figure out that perfect product to sell online without breaking our bank account? Yeah, well, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to give you some answers that are typical. Um, you okay. know, I, I think, I think to the extent that you can have solve a problem for the consumers, right? So we need to make sure that the product that we're selling solves a specific problem for the consumer. And, okay. and it needs to, you need to be able to solve it just a little bit better than what's out there right now. Uh, right. So you need to solve a problem. You need to be able to solve it a little bit better from anything that's out there uh, in the market. To the extent that it could be a, f a larger total addressable market, you hear people talking about TAM all the time, TAM, total yep. addressable market. It needs to be, you know, the, the, the better the size of the total addressable market, the better opportunity you're going to have. Um, and then to the extent that you can... Um, have a voice in the market. And that's probably the biggest one. You need to have a voice in the market. How, how are you going to be heard over the competition and trying to understand um, how you can sell a product, how you can have a voice in the market is very important. Um, otherwise you'll just get drowned out by all the other competition. You know, all the other competition will make more noise than you. So yep. for us, for Tiege Hanley, we were able to get a voice early in the market with using bringing Aaron Marino as a partner. And that is what that was 
uh, the thing that he solved for us. He solved for us having a voice in the market. And then lastly, you got to have a damn good product. You have to have a really good product. You can't sell shitty product. You have to have a right. great product. So if you don't have a great product, you're not going to have a great business. So I think those things, you know, solving a unique problem, being a little bit better than competition, having an excellent product and having a voice in the market. That's the that's the entry point, Rayson. That's the entry point. Okay. okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now, so once you actually got the right product and the right target and that voice in the market space, right? Uh, what else is needed in order for the, the, the brand to be awesome? Well, first off, test that quickly, right? We just talked about right. Get, try to figure out how to test your idea quickly. Um, mm -hmm. We at Tej Hanley, we launched our version one and we failed fast. Uh, we were that actually led us to Aaron. We were our business model has always been about helping men look and feel amazing, being a routine skincare routine. Mm -hmm. putting it in a box and educating guys on skincare. That's always our thesis. We were selling other people's product in our box originally. Like Glossier, I don't know if your consumers know, your, your, your listeners know, but there's, uh, there's companies that sell other people's products. It's, it's prevalent in like the fashion industry. Like if you get a fashion box, you know, you might have this brand t-shirt, this brand, you know, we were selling other people's products. We tested that quickly and we, it, it was, it was a lot of things were right, but what was wrong about it was we were selling other people's products. And by the way, there were a lot of products from South Korea, highly curated, very unique products, but people could still find them on their own. They didn't need us. Once we introduced our product to them, they didn't need us. They could, they could buy it someplace else like Amazon, maybe. Mm -hmm. So okay. testing quickly, right? And then figuring out how to have a voice in the market. Th those are the things you need to do to get started and just get started. You have to just get started. You have to test. You have to, you have to come out with a, uh, a minimal viable solution, uh, you know, t to an MVP, which everybody talks about MVP. You have to have a minimal viable mm -hmm. solution a uh, minimal viable product and get out there and see if it works. Once that all happens and you've tested it and you've seen, you've got something, you've got something, something is working. Then you start iterating on it. Then you start building on it. You start building, building, building. You make, you make a hire, you hire your first person. You figure out how to have a bigger voice in the market and you start chiseling away. That's where the hard work comes in, Rayson. That's where you start really working on the business. That point of entry is all the stuff I talked about. Then you start working on the business. What does a brand look like? What does the packaging look like? What are the cost structures? How are you going to operate the business? You know, where are you going to ship from? Who are you going to hire? What resources do you need? On and on and on. Mm, okay. Awesome. Nice. One little Love piece it. at a time. Yeah. Right. There's no such thing as overnight success. You you gotta 
you know, build the the castle, the the, the Lego set slowly and surely, you know, right? One uh, brick at a time. One brick at a time. Yes. Uh, Kelly, I would like to ask you, what, what do you think is the key to creating a successful subscription business? Yeah, well, subscription is a totally different animal. I love this question, you know, because here in the U.S., there's a very negative connotation to subscription. And the reason why is there's a lot of companies that have been that have been very abusive with the customer when it comes to subscription. They don't let people out. Uh, they start at a really low price and then they raise the price. They don't notify you when they're charging you. They don't notify when they're shipping. Um, you're locked into a long contract, all of these things. And we and, and many other people in subscription today, we are just the opposite. We look at it as the only thing we want to do is do right by you, Rayson, the customer. We only want to do right by you. So we want to help you get your product when you want it. We want to help you get the product that you want uh, in, in your box. So customized to you, we're going to make sure we're shipping it on time. We're delivering it on time. We're answering your questions about where it is, when it is, everything else. And if you have any problems, we're treating you like a king because you're most important to us. Our customers are our most important thing. So we, yeah, some people take advantage of that. You know, there's people out there that don't have good integrity. They're not honest. But most people, they're honest with us. And when they say, I didn't receive it in time, we ship another box. They say they don't want it anymore. We give them a credit. Um, and we mm -hmm. say, no problem. Come back. Visit us when you're ready. And I think, like, if you have that modern subscription mentality of putting the customer first, it's a beautiful business model. Right. Right. I agree with you on that in terms of, you know, putting the customers first. This, this is really, really important. They are the most important pillar, one of the most important pillar in businesses. Without customers, 100%. you won't get the money to pay your employees and do R&D on your product. You've got nothing without customers. Right. Okay. Yeah, true, true. And I'd like to ask you, what sets Teach Handy apart from other men's grooming lines? Yeah, well, we, we, we were probably the pioneer on this concept of routine. I mean, we're really, really, really focused on routine. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, our, what, we, what we lean into, Rayson, is like um, systems. So what, what we want to do is, you know, we want to get guys on a system which right. includes our face wash, which we talked about earlier, a daytime moisturizer. And then at night, you wash your face again and you use a nighttime moisturizer. This is our essential system. It also includes an exfoliating face scrub. So we, we have fun here at the company and we, have, we say you should have a scrub day. Maybe your scrub day is Sunday and Wednesday. It depends on your routine. Maybe you play volleyball right. or you, you play soccer or you, you, you go out on a hike on certain days. Maybe that's your scrub day. You know, uh, you get in the shower afterwards and you exfoliate your face. So we are our unique thing is that we are number one, that we are men talking to men about their skincare, And number two, we are a 
a routine focus company. And we also want to make sure that we get a routine right for you. Not everybody is going to use our moisturizer, but they might use our scrub, our eye cream, our serum, some of our anti-sophisticated anti-aging products. So we really want to try to get it right for you. Okay. Wow. Nice. Okay. Cool. And you know, I I understand that you guys actually built uh, Teach Handley way, way, way back, like in in twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen. And that that is when social media technology are getting better and better those days as well. So yeah. how big of a role has technology and social media played in Teach Henley's success? Everything. It's everything. You know, social media and technology and the challenge with it is, is that it changes every single day. So I think like, you know, DTC companies around the world, they need to be very, very, very analytical. They need to be very technical. So we, what we have here is technical marketers, um, you know, uh, traditional marketers really focus more on the, you know, the creative messaging brand side. Um, most of our marketers are really focused on technical uh, technical messaging, testing, learning, um, and and creating content. Mm, okay, got it. Well, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that in terms of like how technology has really played huge success for you guys without YouTube, without Instagram, because one of the biggest platform for you guys to actually promote Teach Henley was actually Instagram from what I know. Uh, without them, you know, it, it will we will not be able to market it out like as as right. great as how Aaron has done it as well. Yeah, and I mean that platform, you know, like meta platforms of, uh, you know, they implement, uh, you know, they implement changes like the iOS fourteen update, you know, a year so ago, more than a year, and uh, you know those things fundamentally impact hundreds and hundreds of thousands of businesses around the world that are spending tons of money on their platform uh, to promote their products. And, you know, you need to quickly adapt to changes that impact, you know, what's going on. And all of these platforms like TikTok are rolling out new features all the time. They're doing different things constantly. And um, so you need to understand how these platforms are changing and you need to adapt to them. Yeah, yeah. Adapt- adaptability is really important when it comes to businesses and social media. Is algorithm has been changing all the time. Like Correct. nowadays, YouTube subscribers don't count that much anymore as compared to the watch time. Yep, engagement from, from what I learned. Yeah, the yeah. engagement as well. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you on that. And um, I'd like to ask you, you know, because just now we mentioned, especially you, actually, you actually mentioned that. Customers are one of the most important people that you need in business, right? So how do you keep your customers happy and engaged? Well, it actually starts with our customer experience team. And, you know, um, this is an area in businesses that they frequently outsource. They frequently offshore. um, They frequently use 
technology like bots to answer questions. You know, you go to any website and you're chatting something and you're chatting with a computer. You know, there might be a picture of somebody there, but it's not a person. And, you know, so we 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 our customer experience team is part of our marketing organization. They're not part of our operations team. You, you, you have an operations team managing customer experience and what happens? They're going to cut. They're going to cut positions. They're going to cut jobs. They're not going to add people. They're going to try to leverage technology and replace them with people. But in our business, our customer experience team is, is in the marketing team. They sit in with a lot of our marketing meetings and they are give and they sit in with R and D and they sit in with operations. So they're telling they're telling our our e-commerce team what our customers are experiencing with the website. Hey, we have a problem. The cart is not working. This button doesn't work. That button doesn't work. The p- customers can't figure this out. They can't figure out where to put in an address. They are they're confused by having to set up an account. They also give feedback all the time. Hey, they're saying this batch of product that we're shipping today, it smells slightly differently from the last batch. Why is that? You know, what is going on? Or our customers are complaining it's taking too long to get the product delivered. All of these things. It starts with the customer experience team. Mm, I agree. I agree with you on that. Customer experience team is very important, especially when you buy a product and then somehow rather the product has some defects and it takes a, if it takes a long time for somebody from the company to explain to you to, to address the issue, Correct. then it will be really, really painful for, for you. It will be the, painful in the ass, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and customers remember that. I mean, you know, unfortunately, customers don't always write back when their experience is great. They write back when their experience yeah. sucks. So, yeah. you know, every single customer interaction is critical. Every single one. And we grade every single customer interaction. There's something called a net promoter score, NPS. A net promoter score is okay. a global, uh, it's a global uh, standard for how long, how, how your team is performing. Our customer and anything above 70% NPS in a customer experience team is world-class. Anything above 70. Our NPS score is 90. 90%. We have a 90% NPS score um, with hundreds of thousands of customer interactions. And I want to tell you how difficult this score is. We do... Um, probably, and the team is meeting right next to me today. They're talking about stuff. We, we're, um, we probably do, oh, you can't change it that way. We probably do a thousand tickets, a thousand customer interactions. Can we see them over there? Um, yes, I can see that. We, we do a thousand interactions a day with these guys and they are getting feedback all the time. If we get one four-star rating, one four-star rating, four-star, it can drop our NPS by like a tenth of a thousandth of a point. 
And Whoa. it's crazy. One bad rating within the customer experience team. So they are they are hyper focused. Um, th- when they got to, it took them almost five years, uh, over five years to go from 88.88 to 0.90. They're at like 0.9001 something right now. Mm-hmm. When they got to 0.9, I took them to the most expensive dinner, the whole customer experience team they ever had in their life. And, wow. you know, it was just such a great thing to experience for these guys that put in day in, day out, hard, hard work. Yeah. Well, I, well, if, if I'm in your team, I'll definitely be, be a really grateful for that amazing dinner or lunch that you brought yeah, us. I'm to so eat. proud of them. I'm so proud of them racing. They're, they just work right. so hard. The voice of the customer. Yeah, the voice of the customers, I do agree with you, are really important and, and really important for your brand's growth, uh, for NPS system as well. And yep. yeah, and I would like to ask you, right, beyond just listening to customers and taking their suggestions to heart, is there anything else you think is important for customer retention? I, that's where it starts. It really starts around, you know, around making sure that we're taking care of our customers. <clears throat> From there, it really is around um, making sure that we're getting their skincare system correct for them. And that's a big mm. challenge. And that is to both a technology challenge, um, you know, having the right user experience on our website, having the right uh, way to communicate with them and for them to make changes quickly and easily. Uh, we need to be a pain in the ass free company. You know, we need to be, yeah. we need to be very, make it very easy for, for people to engage with us. So that's the other point, but that's a lot harder and it's a lot of money and it's time and all the things we talked about before. It's hard to go fast with technology and it's mm-hmm. hard to, make changes to the website and to the user experience. Um, It takes months and months of planning. It takes a lot of money. Um, So it's one area of the business is very difficult. Well, I agree with you on that in terms of, you know, that the technology, the user experience have to be something that is really enriching and really you know not not so monotonous but at the same time something that people would enjoy using like your products or services as well so that they will yep. keep coming back and also at the same time recommend people to come on board as well yeah yeah people are unfortunately people are fairly lazy so if you you know <laughs> if you do something and you don't make it easy for them you know i i think you know they may not be back to visit you for a while. So you need to make it really yeah. simple and easy. Right. Agree with you on that. And um, Kelly, what's your piece of advice for listeners who want to achieve wealth and success in life? You know, follow your dreams, get started and work really hard. I mean, don't be, you said it really well, Rayson. You know, there's no such thing as like get rich quick. So I think like you need you need to take action 
you need, you need to start, you need to be a hustler. You know, it's not, it's not, maybe that word has a wrong you know, negative connotation. I don't mean hustle like stealing and cheating and stuff. I mean, you know, you watch these movies, right? You, um, but you need to, you need to take action. You know, you need to have, you need to have, uh, you know, surround yourself with good people, come up with an idea, test it and see if it works and constantly iterate on it. It doesn't come easy. You need to work hard. Totally. Be creative. Agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Be creative, work hard. And also at the same time, you got to be persistent during this whole process of building your hustle, building your site income, building your product, your brand and etc. Right. Bingo. 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 Awesome. It, it sounds and, easy. It sounds easy, but it's, you know, yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah, it sounds easy, but uh, man, how we wish it's easy. Yeah, we can, you know, achieve it just by going through the easy mode and, and then bah, we get so successful. But I, I doubt uh, God or whatever we believe in wants us to go through it so easily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, and that goes back to what we were saying before, brick by brick. Don't be overwhelmed. Yep. Don't overwhelm yourself by thinking the mountain is too tall to, to climb. Just take step by step every day and you can reach your dreams. Totally, totally. Nice. And well, you know, Kelly, we are coming to the end of the podcast and I have one last question for you. Yeah. Okay, Kelly. And that is this. Imagine this. Right. You suddenly lose everything your money, your reputation, and even your assets. Oh my okay, gosh. So what, <laughs> so what would you do from day one to day 30 to save yourself? Lose everything, huh? You know, that's the yeah. greatest fear of all entrepreneurs, right? We never think we make right. it. We never think we make it. We always think we're on a journey. We've never, we never got there. We're always, we're always worried tomorrow we could lose everything. Um, well, this is interesting. You know, we talked about Arnold Schwarzenegger before. I'm going to just mention something to him. He's got some very interesting uh, TED Talks. So he talks about never having a plan B, never having a plan B, only focus on plan A. Um, you know, I think his point there is to be very, very, very focused, you know, is to be very focused. If you're not focused on the one thing, if you're focused on two things, you know, this can lead to uh, not being successful. But I will tell you, in my mind, in the back of my mind, I always have a little bit of a plan B. I always, in everything, if this doesn't work, then what am I going to do? If I lose my house, what am I going to do? If I lose the business, what am I going to do? If my lease is up and I have to move, what am I going to do? If I lose this person who's critical to my business, then what I'm going to do? So to answer your question, I think um, I have a little bit of a plan B all the time. And if I lose everything, what's my next move? I'm already thinking about before my next move, before that tragedy happens. What would I do? What contingency plan would I have? And it's not well thought out, but it's it's a it's a it's a seed seedling. It's a germ. It's a little idea that I always have. And if I have a big problem, 
then I'm going to do this. Um, and I think the reason why is because, you know, I'm kind of a strategic thinker, right? So I think right. if this business doesn't work out for me or for some reason I got, you know, I, I left this business tomorrow, what would I do? Um, so I have other, you know, and by the way, I think like this concept isn't different to a, how a lot of people think even about their individual lives. Like for instance, this, if you're investing, if you're an investor, uh, whether or not you invest in, you know, stock and equi equities or, you know, Bitcoin or real estate or whatever it is, what do you want to do? You want to have a diversified portfolio. You don't want to have all your chips in one card hand. You want to have, yeah. you want to have the choice to, to have a diversified portfolio. And this is something that Aaron, you know, I think is really uh, excels in. Um, he's always thought about if something happens to this business, how will I survive? You know, how will, how will I survive? And he's been able to build a, a, a bit of a portfolio of businesses. So I think that's the answer. If something were to happen to me today, uh, do I have something I can fall back on? And what would that something be? And what would, how would I take that something and very quickly try to turn it into a viable, uh, a viable business or a viable way to make, to be able to put food on my table, you know, mm. to, to feed my family, to pay my bills. So, uh, so have a plan B. Okay. I understand. Got it. So for those of you who are tuning in, uh, don't just focus on your planning to be successful, millionaire, billionaire, whatever, but also have a contingency plan so it can support you if, let's say, you were not to make it so that, you know, you can bounce back up and go back to your plan A again. Yeah, right. have it, have some diversification. You know, I, I, I invested a little bit of money in some businesses. I invested and very little bit, not a lot. I invested in a little bit of real estate. You know, I just sold, uh, I have like something silly, like a parking for your car, a parking spot in a building. I had it for 20 years and mm -hmm. it was kind of expensive, you know, and I was renting it and everything else. Nothing to do with my really family or business. I just bought this thing. It's in a building that my friend was in. And, you know, I got to the point where it's not really very valuable to me, but I needed, I needed the money. I need to pay some debt and everything. I had it for 20 years. I rented it, broke even on it. I sold it. And now I have, you know, some 30,000 USD from it and a downtown, very, you know, expensive place. And I was able to reinvest that capital, uh, you know, last month into something else. Had I not made that plan, you know, 30 years ago and invested a little bit of money, I wouldn't have had the opportunity today. So, you know, scatter, scatter your seeds around a little bit and, and, and take care of them so they can grow for you. Ah, nice. Awesome. Wow. Amazing. Thank you so much for, you know, being here with us and share so much of wisdom and golden nuggets with all of us. Really appreciate you, man. And Kelly, can you share with our audience where can they find you on social media. Yeah, come come follow me on LinkedIn. If you're a business guy or businesswoman and you would like to connect with me, I'll, I'll be more than happy to help. I have uh, about a half, about five or six companies that I 
that I consult for that at no cost. They just call me up and ask me questions. I'd be more than happy. I had a call yesterday with a gentleman out of New York. Um, I'd be more than happy to help you uh, at Kelly Thornton on LinkedIn. We also have a killer uh, offer for any of your listeners. If they if they go to um, uh, teach.com uh, backslash um, Reagan C show, then they will get a 30% off plus a free gift. I hooked everybody up really good. So any of your listeners want, want to go to Regacy show, uh, teach.com, T I E G E.com backslash Regacy show. We will, uh, we will hook them up with a really great offer. Wow. Awesome, man. Wow. Thank you so much for this. And like what Kelly mentioned, go to teach.com forward slash Regacy show and get your products now. And not just that, you'll be getting a bonus product, a special, special product from them. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. So with that, I would like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to the Regacy show and stay tuned for upcoming episodes where we're going to have amazing guests like David Meltzer and all the other amazing entrepreneurs from around the world. All wow. right. That's so, awesome. All right. So see you and have a great day and great evening. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of The Regacy Show. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has brought you to an epiphany where you realize that this is where you want to go and this is what you want to do. So I hope you will continue to support and also at the same time, like, comment and share this episodes out to your people to your family your friends and not forgetting that we have just created a telegram group it's called the Regacy show family so you can go and check it out and let us know how you find this group is serving you all right so with that i would like to thank you once again see you and stay tuned for another episode of the Regacy show